0: Praise God. Well, in the last couple of of weeks in our series here on on fellowship or um, faithfulness, excuse me, we are taking a little a little time looking at the the light that we receive from from God, and in the last two weeks we've been looking at this. We saw that first off, there's a light that we have that we we cover up. We put something over top of that light and that keeps us, keeps it from working in our life. And we have the children here with us today. We have the pastor's treasure box out there as well. So we encourage you to, uh, fill out the outlines and we have some things for you. But I brought a couple of things along to help us with, with light. And, uh, one of the things that we have is that we can do we can take the light that God has. And God says when we when we have lit a lamp, lit a light. And of course, in the Old Testament, lighting a lamp meant taking a, an oil lamp, having some oil in it. You have to make sure that there is oil in it. And then you would light it, and that light would, would uh, continue to shine for as long as you need it. And now we have, you know, fancy gadgets. This is a, a fancy gadget I have at the, at the house. Uh, how many of you have a flashlight like this? All right, one person. <laughs> Two people. Alright. Not too many people have a flashlight like this. I like this type, particular type of flashlight because when you are in a group setting, you can plop this thing down and it lights up the entire area. And you can, you can uh, set it up to higher and lower. And, uh, this one right here, you can have this be a night light. We've sometimes done it in a power outage. We've taken this and we put it in the bathroom so the people can get into the bathroom and be able to see. And it'll, it'll stay lit all night long. But you can, uh, make it be any, any kind of light that you want. And it will just uh, shine out there. Now, this particular one is really fancy because if you turn it upside down, and you stick it up in something that is metal, it will stay there, and it'll give light into the into the whole room. You can also have it stick this way, and and uh, so forth. Or if you don't have anything that's magnetic, you can flip that up, and you can put it on a hook, and so you'll have light all over. Uh, so it's it's a nice little thing. But I have this to demonstrate one of the types of light that we have. See that just. Sticks right on. One of the types we have, there are three different types of light that God can bring into your life. And we're going to take a look at those three different types of light that will come in. But last time we saw that one of the things that the Word of God talks about is He says, don't cover up your light. He doesn't say don't extinguish it. He says, don't cover it up. But what happens is sometimes we, in our own life, take the light that we have been given by God and we cover it. Now the light is still lit, but is it doing any good? It's not helping anyone at all because it's covered. And so in the last couple of weeks, we looked at some of the reasons why we might do that. Maybe we don't like some of the things that it's showing in our life. Maybe we're embarrassed by that particular truth. And we don't want people to know that we that we believe that. There's a number of different reasons, and we've gone over that in some of the lessons in the past. If you missed any of those, you can go up on Facebook and watch it live, or you can um, get the podcast and just listen to it. Whichever way that you want to go. But this is one particular type of light. And let's uh let's go into the Word of God here in in Well, I'm gonna I'm going read this one verse verse, verse first. In uh, the book of Acts, Paul is speaking about Jesus appearing to him. And in verse 15, this is what he said, the Lord said to him. So I said, this is Paul speaking, Who are you, Lord? you remember that? And the Lord said to him, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you to open their eyes in order to turn them, look at this, to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. When we walk in darkness, we are operating under the power of Satan. When we operate in light, we are operating under the power of God. Now, last week we looked at a very interesting verse of Scripture that said... If the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? That was Jesus' words. And what Jesus is saying is this. If the light that you have on the inside of you, you think is light, but it's actually darkness. It's actually of the kingdom of Satan. How great is that darkness? But many Christians have operated in what they think is light, but it's not light, it's darkness. And the Word of God, Jesus is telling us how great is that darkness. We have to make sure that the light that we have is a light that comes from God because it will illuminate our life. In Psalms 119 and verse 105, it says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. In Psalm 81 and verse 13, it says, Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. In Psalm 128 and verse 1, it says, Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in His ways. Ways. You see, the light that comes from the Word of God is a light that benefits everyone at all times. Whatever is written in the Word of God will always be a benefit to you. If God had it recorded in the Word, even if it was recorded for a particular person, it doesn't matter. Because God sent it for you. When you open up that Bible and you read it, every single word in that book is there for you. It will teach you what not to do. It will teach you what to do. It will show you the love of God. It will show you the plans of the enemy. So many things that it will show us. I liken this, this one. And this is uh, enlightenment from the Word. This is the first type of light. Enlighten it from the Word. I liken this one to a lantern. Because in the Word, it's a very general light. And it lights the whole area. When you come into your room and you flip the switch and the light comes on, if you benefit. Everyone in the room benefits from that light. It's not there for one specific person. It's there for everyone. And it's there to benefit you. And this is what the Word of God is. It is a light that will benefit all. There's a second kind of light. And this is specific from the Spirit. This is specific from the Spirit. The Word gives a general that works for everyone. But there are times that there is a specific word that comes from the Spirit of God for you. In Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 27, I'm sure it's a familiar scripture to you. The Spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. The Spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. The spirit of God speaks to your spirit and will illuminate your uh, where you're going he will give you specific directions on what to do he'll, he'll tell you things that matter for you and I liken this light to that of a flashlight and in a flashlight when you have a flashlight it's a little bit different from from that type of a light in that it's going to light your way and it helps you uh, it helps you see i don't have this turned up if I turned this up all the way it would blind you this may be a little tiny flashlight. It is super powerful. I love this little light because it fits in my pocket. So I have it turned on the lowest one. If I have it uh, turned on the lowest one, I can use this at night in the wintertime. I have to get up in the middle of the night and go down and, and do the fireplace. Anybody have a fireplace at home? Um, uh, one that you burn all, all, the, we, we heat our home with, with wood primarily. We use very little electric to, to heat the home. It's pretty much all done with wood. But in order for that to happen, somewhere around 3 o'clock in the morning, I have to get up, to, between 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning, I have to get up and uh, go on down and put more wood on the fuel. I don't want to wake everybody up in the house f- for that, so I have this little flashlight, and I keep it by my by the, the side. Now, this particular one is a is a really nice one in that, if you see that, it turns red. Now, with that... I can turn that, that red flashlight on and that doesn't wake anybody up because you won't register the light when you're sleeping. And so I put that one on and I can get on through. And then once I get them through the room where people are sleeping, I turn the other one on and then I can get in there and, and see all I have to do. Put the wood on and then go back up to bed. Finish getting the, the rest. I don't set my alarm to do that. I just get up. I don't know. I just one of those things that hits you in the wintertime. At wintertime, you wake up 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning and you just go down and you take care of the wood. And then you come on back. But we do that so it's a, it's an important light. But what you want is you need a specific light that's going to just illuminate your way. Because I need to be the beneficiary of the light. No one else who's sleeping in the room needs to be the beneficiary of the light. Aren't you, aren't you glad that when, uh, your spouse or someone in the house gets up in the middle of the night to, to do something, they don't just flip on the bright light. I am not benefiting from that light when you do that. But sometimes we just need a specific amount of light to just come right down there in front of us. And then this is what we do have this for. We just turn that on and and bang, we can can do that. And um, I'll tell you what, flashlights have come a long way anymore. This one is so programmed, you can hit one button and instantly go into the low mode. I can hit another button, instantly go into the high mode one button and go into the red mode. I can hit a button on this and it will go into what's called a strobe. And if there's an intruder in the house something like that, I can I can psych him out. I mean, I, <laughs> I, you can put somebody into a seizure with that sucker. It is it is really bright. It's a nice little defense mechanism. So this little flashlight does all kinds of things out there, but you have to stay familiar with it. Because each button does something, but you know you have to know which buttons to push in order to get that effect out of it. You know, old flashlights, if you still have one of those, you have on and off. That's it. It's on, it's off. That's it. But this one, it's got a lot more. And they make ones, I mean, they make little flashlights, a little bit longer than this, that will go the distance of three football fields. You can shine that uh, shine that light out that much. Now, you probably don't need to go without three football fields. But if you did, they have a light for it. But this is a specific light for that, and so we... We liken this one to a flashlight. And this is specific from the Spirit for you. You remember in the, in the Christmas story when Mary was visited by the angel. Now, he had a specific word for her. Mary, you are going to give birth to Messiah. This is what's going to happen. That was there to benefit her. Now, it benefited all of us, but that was there to help her out in this particular situation. Then Joseph had a visit. And the angel came and told Joseph, Joseph... What Mary is telling you about being with child, it's of me. Do not be afraid to marry her. And then when he, he obeyed that, then the word of God came to him and says, arise, go to Egypt. That was a specific word for Joseph for his situation. And so he listened to that. Moses at the burning bush got a specific word about his situation and he followed it and that helped him. You see, that's, uh, that's, that's light that will, that will help them out. Specific light. I don't want to blind you all, so I, I turned our little light over here off. But here's the third one. This one might not be as, as obvious to you, but this is something that can help you as well. And this is a general word to the church or to a group. A general word to the church. In Revelations chapter 2. Now, Revelations chapter 2 and chapter 3 are filled with this. I'm just going to read one. The, to the angel of the church of Ephesus... This is a message to a particular church in the New Testament era. He said, write these things. These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not. And have found them liars and you have persevered. And I have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. But this you have that you hate the deeds and the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. And he, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Now he does that for six other churches. And he gives them words for their specific situation. One word that came to one of the churches says, some of you are going to die. (laughs) But he gave them specific words for what they were facing. Seven different churches, seven different words. The word that was for Ephesus wasn't meant for the church at Smyrna or Thyatira, or Pergamos. Each word came to a different place because they were facing different things. So I liken this one to a sun. Now the reason I liken this to a sun is because the sun shines down on everybody. But you don't control the sun. The sun comes up on its own and the sun sets on its own. A flashlight, I turn on. A lamp, I light. But I don't light the sun. The sun comes up, and the sun goes down. You see, the first one is a a general word, and this is a lamp, but I turn it on. The second one is a light, and I turn that one on. But this one, God has turned on. And He sends it when it's necessary. And this is a light that comes to a group. It could come to a nation, it could come to a church, it could come to a group of people that are united in some way. But I liken this to a sun. Because even though the sun is out, how many have ever seen those movies that are out? People in Alaska, Mm -hmm. where you've got twenty four hours of sun, or twenty three hours of sun, or you know, just a long time. I think from some places the sun doesn't go down for a couple months. Could you imagine that just being sunny all day long? And so they have these uh, special windows with blinds on them that they can completely block out the sun. If you want to, you can completely block out the word that God has given. God sends a word to a nation. He sent a word to the nation Israel and Israel completely blocked it out. He could send a group, uh, a letter to a church like he did in Revelation and they could completely block it out. God could send a word through the prophets for this nation and some people could completely block it out. I am not going to walk in the light of what is given. I'm going to go my own way. So these are three different types of light that can be in your life. And with that, I want to go over here to our main text in first Kings chapter 11 and verse one. But King Solomon loved many foreign women as well as the daughter of Pharaoh, woman of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonites, Hittites, from the nations of whom the Lord had said to the children of Israel, you shall not intermarry with them, nor they with you. Surely they will turn away your hearts after their gods. So God gave them light. God gave the children of Israel light. He gave Solomon light. All of them were given this general word. It was in the word of God. Do not go after foreign women. That's what he said. Now, you could probably also uh, make a note on that because back then, you know, the women were married off to the men. But now, you know, men marry certain women. Women decide, I want to marry them. So it's a kind of a mutual decision. So you could actually put it in there, don't mar- marry foreign men. And by foreign, we don't mean from a country, not of your own. He's talking about people who don't worship God. Because if you remember, Moses married a foreign woman and God was in it. God was fine with it. And in fact, Aaron and Miriam had a problem and then God had a problem with them. <laughs> don't, don't think that's what God is speaking about here because his purpose was if you marry these women, they'll turn your hearts away from God and onto the idols that they worship. The problem was not what nation they came from. The problem was not what race they were. The problem was who do they serve? So that's what he was. Telling them, So Solomon did walk in the light of this, but then walked in some other light. Some other light came over and said, well, you know, take a look at that woman over there. Don't you like? Her? Yeah, 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 okay. And, uh, and we walked in a different light. In fact, he did it quite often because it said and he had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines. And his wives turned his heart, turned, turned away his heart. They turned them away. God said it would happen. Solomon said it won't happen to me. And it didn't. For it was so when Solomon was old that his wives turned his heart after other gods and his heart was not loyal to the Lord his God as was the heart of his father David. For Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, after Milcom, the abomination of the Amorites. Notice he's called an abomination. We've talked about this in weeks past. I'm not sure if it was Sunday or Wednesday. Uh, Oh, we did it on Thursday night, or uh, practice night because it came up in there. But Milcom, the abomination of the Amorites, this involved child sacrifice. Solomon did evil in the sight... Make sure I've got the ball there. Yep, okay. And Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord and did not fully follow the Lord as did his father David. So Solomon built a high place for Kamosh, the abomination of Moab. That is Moab's way of sacrificing their babies to uh, to God. And don't think we aren't doing the same thing today. That is part of the problem, major problem with, uh, with abortion. We are we are we are sacrificing our and I'm not gonna go into it. If you heard how they actually sacrificed their babies, it would uh it would make you ill. That parents could do that. But anyway, Solomon built a high place for Chemosh, the abomination of Moab on the hill that is east of Jerusalem, and for Molech, the abomination of the people of Ammon, and he did likewise for all his foreign wives who burned incense and sacrificed to their gods. So if he married them, they say, Hey, I worship this God, I want to worship this God here. He said, All right, let's go ahead and build you one. So not only did he build the house of God, but he went on and built houses for other gods. So the Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned from the Lord God of Israel who had appeared to him twice and had commanded him concerning this thing that he should not go after other gods, but he did not keep what the Lord had commanded. Therefore the Lord said to Solomon, Because you have done this and have kept my covenant and my statutes which I have commanded you, I will surely tear the kingdom away from you and give it to your servant. Nevertheless, I will not do it in your day for the sake of your father, David. I will tear it out of the hand of your son. However, I will not tear away the whole kingdom. I will give him one tribe to your son for the sake of my servant, David, and for the sake of Jerusalem, which I have chosen. Now, take a look at the light that was given to him. I got uh, I put the two references in there. I'm just going to read them in 1 Kings six twelve. Concerning this temple which you are building, if you walk in my statutes, this is... A general word in the Word of God and it is also a specific word spoken to Solomon. Concerning the temple which you are building, if you walk in my statutes, execute my judgments, keep all my commandments and walk in them, then I will perform my word with you which I spoke to your father David. In chapter 9 and verse 6, But if you or your sons at all turn from following, following me and do not keep my commandments and my statutes which I have set before you, But go and serve other gods and worship them. Then I will cut off Israel from the land which I have given them and this house which I have consecrated in my name. I will cast out of my sight Israel will be a proverb and a byword among the people. So understand that the first thing he did was that he gave them a general word of what they were to do as far as following after God. They had a general word for that. Secondly, he gave him specific word about what to do specific word and said here follow this way and so he has the general word lighting the way and he has the specific word and he decided to go in a different direction and to not do what God had said to do so someone else was chosen now we're not going to go over all this story if you want to I put the references in there but in chapter 11 in the verses that follow 26 through 40 you're going to see that a, a new king is selected and Rehoboam goes to one of the northern cities to meet with the people and uh, he says to them you know, they said to him lighten the load of your father your father put a heavy load on us and lighten that load and we'll be your servants in verse 38 first kings then it shall be well let me finish telling you the, the rest of this story Uh, in chapter 11, you're going to see that Solomon had some enemies that were raised up against him. The first two were not spending time on. But the third one is a man by the name of Jeroboam. And Jeroboam was a very faithful man in the house of, of Solomon. But because of his faithfulness, he was faithful to God. He was faithful to Solomon. He was faithful to do what they were supposed to do. So he's out there doing the things for the kingdom. And as he's doing the things for the kingdom, a word comes to him that he would be king. This is I'm not going to read over all the word that was given to him. But a prophet had met him and talked to him about some things. But this is specifically what the word of God spoke to Jeroboam. Then it shall be, if you heed all that I command you, walk in my ways and do what is right in my sight to keep my statutes and my commandments as my servant David did, then I will be with you and build for you an enduring house as I built for David and I will give Israel to you and I will afflict the descendants of David because of this, but not forever. So Jeroboam gets a specific word. I am going to make you king and you're going to have 10 tribes out of the 12. 10 tribes are going to be given to you. And then he says specifically to him. The same thing that he had said to David. The same thing that he spoke generally to the, to the entire nation. But he spoke it specifically to him. He took a general light and made it specific for Jeroboam. And he says this to him. Then it shall be. Now look at that. God is saying it shall be. Say that with me. It shall be be. This is God saying it. God is saying it shall be. If God says it shall be, it shall be. This is what's going to happen. So God says it shall be if you heed all that I command you. Walk in my ways and do what is right in my sight to keep my statutes and my commandments as my servant David did. Then I will be with you and build for you an enduring house. As I built for David and I will give Israel to you and I will afflict the descendants of David because of this, but not forever. I will give Israel to you. I will make of you an enduring house. These are promises that God made if you will serve me, if you will do my commands, if you will walk in my ways. This is what he told him. That was a word from God. Now, in chapter 12, Rehoboam is going to come on the scene. He's going to do some stupid things. He had some wise counsel given to him. He says, uh, do this. And he said, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. And he went and got the uh, kids he grew up with. And he said, what do you guys say I should do? I think you ought to do this. And he liked that better. So he went that way. If you want the rest of the story, go read it. <laughs> Don't read it now. <laughs> read it at home. In verse 20 of chapter 12, Now it came to pass when all Israel heard that Jeroboam had come back. They sent for him and called him to the congregation and made him king over all Israel. There was none who followed the house of David, but the tribe of Judah only. Now, did God's word say that you'd become king? Did God's word say you'd become king of ten ten of the tribes? That They hadn't split up yet. But he said you'll become king of ten tribes. There was none who followed the house of David, but the tribe of Judah only. Now, buried in that is Benjamin. There's a lot of reasons why Benjamin is not mentioned. We're not going to get into those, but don't think it's just omitted. There are reasons why Benjamin was not mentioned. And when Rehoboam came to Jerusalem, he assembled all the house of Judah with the tribe of Benjamin, 180,000 chosen men who were warriors to fight against the house of Israel that he might restore the kingdom to Rehoboam, the son of Solomon. But the word of God came to Shemaiah the man of God saying speak to Rehoboam the son of Solomon king of Judah to all the house of Judah and Benjamin to the rest of the people saying thus says the Lord you shall not go up nor fight against your brother and the children of Israel let every man return to his house for this thing is from me therefore they obeyed the word of the Lord and turned back according to the word of the Lord now what kind of light was that was it this kind of light was it this kind of light or was it the sun It was this kind of light. See, it was individual. We're we're speaking a word for you. It's for a group, but it's for a specific situation, and so it's shining light on their path, and it's helping them out with that. Specifically, it is going to Rehoboam because all Israel could follow it or not follow it. It all matters whether Rehoboam would. So the word comes to Rehoboam. So even though it's kind of like the sun, and that it came upon meant was meant for a nation. The word specifically goes to Rehoboam because it's his decision whether we go to war or not. And so God gave it to him and he uh, he obeyed. And he did what was told. Verse 25. Then Jeroboam built Shechem in the mountains of Ephraim and dwelt there. So he built a place to uh, rule from. Because they didn't have a place to rule from. Everything had been ruled from Jerusalem. So we need a new place to rule from. So he came up and he built Shechem, the mountains of Ephraim, and dwelt there. Also he went out from there and built Penuel. And Jeroboam said in his heart, Now the kingdom may return to the house of David. What did God say? He didn't say the kingdom would return to the house of David, did it? He? he said, I'll make sure that it stays this way. I'm giving them to you and they will be yours. They will be to your descendants. But he said in his heart, now the kingdom may return to the house of David. If these people go up, offer sacrifices in the house of the Lord, Jerusalem, then the heart of this people will turn back to the Lord, Rehoboam, the king of Judah, and they will kill me and go back to Rehoboam, king of Judah. Therefore the king asked advice, made two calves of gold, and said to the people, It is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Here are your gods of Israel, which brought you up from the land of Egypt. And he sent one in Bethel, and the other he put in Dan. Now this thing became a sin for the people who went to worship before the one as far as Dan. He made shrines on the high places and made priests of every class of people who were not of the sons of Levi. Jeroboam ordained a feast on the 15th day of the 8th month like the feast that was in Judah and offered sacrifices on the altar. So he did at Bethel sacrificing to the calves that he had made and at Bethel He installed the priests of the high places which he had made and so he made offerings on the altar which he had made at Bethel on the 15th day of the 8th month in the month which he had devised in his own heart and he ordained a feast from the children of Israel and offered sacrifices on the altar and burned incense. So here's what happened. He had specific light for his situation. It was given to him. All he had to do was walk in that light. But then another light came in. This other light came in and says, you know what's going to happen? If you keep going in this direction, people are going to leave you. They're going to go back to King King David's family. They're going to go back to Jerusalem. And they're going to have to get rid of you. So they're going to kill you and they're going to wipe you out. That goes against everything that God said in His Word to him specifically. God gave him light. And what he chose to do was to take that light and to cover it. And he decided to walk in another light. And so in walking in that light, he decided to make priests of every class of people. He decided to make his own feast days. He decided to make his own gods and his own locations for where those gods would be. And as he was up there sacrificing to one of those gods in the chapter that is to come, I'm not going to go over that, but in the chapter is to come, chapter 13, another prophet was sent. And this prophet had a specific word for Jeroboam. Because you did not obey. Because you did not follow this is what's going to happen. He got an, another specific word. But how many know he probably didn't want to have that specific, specific word. He probably wanted to, to have something different than that. But that's the word that he got. That's the word that was there. Now I want you to, to think about this. What are the lights that are in your life? What kind of lights are in your life? Now for every one of us there may be different lights. There's a general light that we have and we all have the same one. We all know what God's ways are because they're in His Word. And as long as we study His Word then we're going to find out what those things are. But we have to continue to to study the Word of God. This first type of light, this general light, in order for it to operate in your life, these, these first two, I'll put it in your outline that way. These first two need maintenance. They need maintenance. Now, by maintenance, if you had an oil lamp, you would have to come and you had to purchase oil, and then you would have to go out there and you'd have to put oil in the lamp. Because if you ran out of oil, how many remember there's a parable about that? Some virgins ran out of oil. <laughs> they didn't do their proper maintenance. Now, this particular flashlight is um kind of unique in its in its maintenance. And uh, it's got a little spot right over here we undo. And guess what we find inside? Now, this is not the battery you go over to the CVS and buy. In fact, if you go over to CVS and try and get this particular battery, you will not get it. I am extremely familiar with this battery. Anyone who knows these type of flashlights, the modern ones they have out, this is the most common battery you will find in them. But you cannot just get it anywhere. But these batteries last a long time. And you put them in a charger, and they charge right up. And you can keep charging it for as long as you want. But this particular one is kind of unique in that they make this one pretty tough not to maintain. Because if you do not have a charger for the battery, and it takes a particular type of a charger for that battery, it's got a little spot here on the top. All you do is flip that open and put your phone charger right into it, and it will charge it up. And then you can close it up and you can be good to go. If you are in a place and you run out of battery, how many have one of those battery packs for your phone that will run the, the phone? You can take that battery pack and plug that into here and run this. But you got to make sure your battery pack is charged. <laughs> your battery pack's not charged while you're, you're, uh, you're out. But you see, there's all kinds of ways to, to do it, but you have to maintain it. Because you see, if the power goes out, it's my job to make sure that our lights work. So every once in a while, I just go through and collect all the batteries and I put them all into a charger and I charge them all up and get them so that they're ready. But you see, it takes maintenance. We have to know what to do that. The specific words we get in our life, the flashlight, this also takes maintenance and this also takes a a rechargeable battery. You cannot go down to CVS and just get a battery and throw it in. But if you maintain it, it will continue to work for you. And that's something that we that we need to do. The last one, the one right here, the sun, I don't have to do anything to maintain it. Thank God for that. All we need to do is give it our attention. Now you've got to give your attention to the other ones as well, but I've got to do some maintenance on it. If I'm going to maintain the general word, the word of God in my life, I have to continue to hear the word. I have to continue to meditate on the word. I have to continue to go over and over and over and over. This is one of the reasons why here in in this church, every day we're reading a chapter. We read a chapter. It's in your bulletin. Every week it's in your bulletin. And you can read over what our chapter is. We go over that. You probably are reading other places beside that. But if you just do nothing else, you're going to be reading one chapter a day. And, uh, meditating on that and getting that into your spirit. You should be going over things that you hear. You should be hearing, hearing sermons from men of, men and women of God. And that should be going over in your mind. That's your maintenance. You gotta keep that part of it going. Beside that, the specific words that God has given you in your life. Maybe someone has come and they have spoken something over you or maybe as you're reading the Word of God God made something come alive to you for your particular situation this speaks to me this this is what I needed for where I'm facing but see I've got to maintain that I got to remember God spoke this to me God said this to me and then beyond that what has God spoken to the body of Christ and get my attention to it but are you maintaining the lights that you have been given? Are you maintaining them? You see, a lot of Christians we don't maintain it. I know about the word; I've heard word, but I'm not maintaining it. I don't keep up on it. Every day, the word of God has got to be in your for- in the forefront. One of the words that was spoken: Solomon Penforce that we are to attend to my words. Attend to God's words. Attend to the words that are spoken to us. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life unto those who find them and health to all their flesh. In Luke chapter 11, verse 34, we read this last week. The lamp of the body is the eye. Therefore, when your eye is good, your whole body also is full of light. But when your eye is bad, your body also is full of darkness. Therefore, take heed the light which is in you is not darkness. That's something that you can do. I've got to maintain it. Every time I receive a word from the Spirit of God, I've got to check it out with the Word of God. Does it fall in line with what God said in His Word? Did Jeroboam's specific word from God match the word of God? Oh, it sure did. Did Solomon's specific word match the word of God? And you can keep on going and look at all the others. They matched. They were backed up by the word of God. But I wrote this in your outline. You write down as much of this as you want to. I tried to give you some space there for it. What kind of darkness tries to get into you? Because sometimes we talk about darkness trying to get hold of us, but I'm not real sure what I mean by that. How, how do you mean darkness trying to get in me? Darkness is trying to get in you. If I'm not aware of it, it can get in pretty easy. So I'm going to give you just a few examples. You can write in some more. I just write, write in a, a few of them. The light that you should walk in and the light that some people walk in. Here's the thing. Look at how that person looked directed at you. Here's the light that came in. Did you see the way in tow? Just looked at me. I saw that look. She thinks poorly of me. Why is it that she hates me? I don't I didn't do anything to her. You see this light. Have you ever had that light coming to you? It's darkness, but it's passed off as light. You have insight (laughs) into into what God is God is giving you a warning. Watch out for Sister and Toe. evil plans against you. Oh, man. I I thought, I thought Sister and Toe liked me. Wow. But I saw that look. I saw that look. And so now I'm walking in the light of that. And everything that she said, ah, did you hear what she just said? That wouldn't have meant anything to me before, but because now I'm walking in new light. Wow. Wow, she really doesn't like me. I can't believe she's been harboring that bitterness all this time. See, I'm walking in a new light. I'm not supposed to walk in that kind of light. I think it's from God. How many have ever heard of the gift of the spirit of discernment? Yeah, wash that out of your head. There is absolutely no gift of discernment in the word of God ever. It is not there. If you have it, it. I will give you some enlightenment. This comes from God. You do not have the gift of discernment. You have the gift of suspicion. (laughs) And that is not godly. The gift is the discerning of spirits, the ability to see into the spirit realm, which I can give you numerous times when it happened in the Word of God. There is no gift of discernment. But there are many, many Christians operating it right now. (laughs) Don't be doing that. Let me give you a verse of scripture here. Verse in First Corinthians chapter thirteen verse four through seven. This is light that comes from God. This is light that should be shining on my pathway instead of the others. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, does not provoke, thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things. Believes all things. Hopes all things. Endures all things. You see, if I walk in the light of that, I don't walk in the light of the other. Now, I don't know if you notice this or not, but while I was talking, I turned this light on. You can hand me this light in a pitch dark room. And I can make it do everything I told you without being able to see a thing. Because you see, I know this light. All I have to do is feel around with my thumb and I can find exactly where I need to be. And because I'm familiar with it, I know exactly how to turn on what I want to turn on. I don't get any surprises. I know exactly how to do it because I'm familiar with it when you're familiar with the Word of God, when you're familiar with something like 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 4, 5, 6, and 7, when another light comes in and tries to tell me something about sister and toe, I say, wait a minute. No, that doesn't quite work because the Word of God tells me to believe the best. That doesn't quite work on that. So I'm going to reject that because it doesn't follow with the light that I already have. You see, in order for me to walk in darkness, I have to reject the light that I have. I have to put aside the light that I do have to walk in the darkness that the enemy wants me to walk in. That's just one of them. That that verse of Scripture can help you with a couple other ones too. How about this one? Why do you do so much for others and not get anything in return? (laughs) Ever had that one come? What's he trying to do? Get you to walk in darkness. Let me ask you something. How much has God done for you? How many would say that God has done a lot for you? How many of you say you have done very little for God in comparison to how much God has done for you? Go and do the same thing. Follow his example. Don't be doing stuff because people are going to be returning it. Go back to 1 Corinthians 13. Do those things. How about this one? You deserve, and then you fill in the blank. You deserve to have this. You deserve people to do this. You deserve people to think this. You deserve this. No, I don't. Don't you, don't you do that. Don't you fall into that. Look at some of the words about Paul the things he de- he says he deserves. Alright, that's enough on 1 Corinthians. Let's go on to some other one. Maybe you've heard this one. If God really cared about you, then he would and fill in the blank. 1 Peter 6 and 7. You see, we've got light for this. This light says, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in this due time, casting all your care upon Him for He cares for you. He cares for you. You see, this is what the general part of the Word of God has done for me. It has told me some things. It has enlightened me. It has given me a general word about this. And when the enemy wants to come in and try and get me to specifically doubt that God cares for me. Because something has happened in my life. Because people have said things. Because whatever has gone on, it causes me to think. And the devil comes and says, God doesn't care for us. And you can remember the example in the Word of God that when they were on the boat and the storm came up and the storm was going down or bringing the boat down, they were sinking and they go down into the boat where Jesus is at and they wake Jesus and says, Jesus, I thank you that you care so much for us. Can you come up and help? They didn't say that. What did they say? Do you not care for us? <laughs> you see how easy the enemy can get in that God does not care these were 12 men who saw the miracles of Jesus heard the teaching of Jesus testified that he was the son of God walked in that light and one storm came in and guess what shut down the light in their life covered it up took them away from the light casting all your care upon him for he cares for you When the enemy wants to come in with something that gives you light that says, does God really care for you? Shine a light on it. It is darkness and don't let it in. How about this one? You have failed God and He has rejected you. Have you ever heard that one? Maybe something that we did in our past and we, we didn't think real good about and the enemy likes to bring that up. Don't you remember? You did this. Now I'm sure no one here may have done this, but if you rob the bank, and all of a sudden the devil comes and he 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 speaks to your heart and says, "You are a robber." If you murdered someone, comes in, you are a murderer. I've told you this story before, but uh, Brother Hagen used to share this story with us about things. He had a minister come to him, and this minister had. Uh, Had been divorced in his, in his life. And he said, well, you know, um, I'm not really qualified for ministry anymore because I'm, I'm divorced and most of the churches I would go to, they, they would, they would, you know, shut me out. And so he simply said this. Oh, so that's an easy thing to fix. He said, do this. Go home and shoot your wife. Go home, shoot your wife. Uh, you'll go to prison. And when you come out, uh, you can go around to churches and give your testimony. He's showing the folly of of people. You know, it, it, you can't come in because you're a divorcée, but you can come in if you were a murderer, right? And the, you can come in if you were a drug addict, but not if you were this. Yeah, it's it's not right. Walk in the light. You have failed God, and He has rejected you. Let's take a look at a verse of Scripture that would cast light on our situation here. In Psalms 139, verse 17. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. Huh. How many of you, the thoughts that you have about God would be killed right there with that? How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them... They would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. This was written by a sinner. How great is the sum of them. Of all the thoughts that God has, it is a huge sum. It's not one or two. God's thoughts of you individually are so many and so great. Great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. You go out to the beach sometime this summer. Take a look at the sand and think, that represents the thoughts of God towards me that are good. The sand. When I awake, I am still with you. You See, that's not a God who sees me as a failure, who has rejected me. Walk in the light of His Word, not in the light of what someone else has to say. Jeremiah. 29, we're going to get there in just a minute. Here's the question. There is. No, here's the false light. There is nothing in the future good for you. How many have ever thought of that? Man, my future is bleak. There is nothing out there. And when you're walking in the light of that, it can be real tough. But here's what he says in Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I, ha- I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil to give you a future And a hope. A future. And a hope. This. Is the God that you serve. We only hit a few. But is there darkness. That has worked its way into you. Have you thought God has been behind. Something evil in your life. Something dark. Something sinister. Have you thought that God thinks about you. Less than. Because of something that you did. Something that you haven't done something that you pursued, something that you didn't pursue? Do you think that God is saying you should be in a different place right now than where you are? And therefore, I have no time for you? If you walk in the light of that, then the light in you is darkness. And the word of God from Jesus' mouth is, how great is that darkness? If I walk in darkness... I can stumble, I can fall. I cannot see things that I need to see. We have We can have problems, we can have situations, but when we have light, oh, I tell you what light is good now. Have you ever been at a restaurant and something fall under the table it 's nice when you have grandchildren who will go under and get them. <laughs> Surely is. Grabbing grandchildren. Can you can go down there and get that. And they, they're excited. They're, they're thrilled with it. But each one of them, because they know I always have a flashlight. Not a phone. I know you all have a flashlight. But I have a flashlight. <laughs> and they say, Pop up, can I use your flashlight? Because if you're going to search for something, if you're going to find something, it's a whole lot easier with a flashlight. And so we give them that flashlight and they go on down and they look and they find it. If you are searching for something in your life, if you need something in your life, if you need something to change, if you need direction, whatever it is that you need, don't go at it without the light. Get the light from God. You see, God has sent lights for you. He has sent you a general light in His Word. He has sent you specific lights that come from people that God gives a word to and they speak to you. Or God speaks in His Spirit to your spirit. Or God reveals in His Word to you for your situation. And then beyond that, He has given some general words to groups, a nation, a church, a group of people. When you operate in the light of what He has given... That it changes your life. Do you remember a verse of scripture? Obey as prophets, and ye shall prosper. You see the word that was given to the prophet in the Old Testament for the nation. was for a purpose. It was to guide them out of the darkness and into the light. There are times in the Word of God that God says, when they faced an enemy, this is how you fight the enemy. When they went to Jericho, this is how you fight Jericho. When they faced other ones, Moab. When they, uh, this is how you're going to fight them. And he gave sometimes specific instructions. I want you to put the praisers first. I want you to dig pits in the ground. I want you to, all the kinds of different things he would say to them. And it didn't seem to make any sense. But when they did it, and they obeyed. It became. Oh, that's why God said to do that. And that's what was up. There are lights that are in your life right now. Some of us have covered them up. Don't cover them up. If God has given you a light in your job, don't let other people discourage you from that. If God has given you light of healing in your body, how many of you have been in a meeting and God has healed you? Hands were laid on you and you were healed. And you came out testifying. I am healed. And then in the weeks to come, something resurfaced in your body. And as soon as you felt that, what did you hear? Ah, it's coming back. Now I have a choice. I operate under the light that I have been given by God or I operate under this new light. Some people choose to operate under the new light. And they go back to the doctor. I need to get this checked out. I need to do... And they have all these different things. Don't change your light. Because there is God's light and there is Satan's light. And God calls Satan's light darkness. You are going to be under one light or the other. Don't let the enemy talk you out of God's light. Don't let fears, worries, and anxieties talk you out of God's light when God says I love you I care for you go this way do this here is this do this and I have peace from God that's the direction that God says that's the direction I'm supposed to go and that's what I'm supposed to get done don't go changing it stay with it let me give you another example the reason this church is here is because 40 years ago I got light 40 years ago I received light. 41 specifically. I received light. I walked in the light of that. 50 years before that, I got light and got saved. I don't operate outside of that light. I stay with that light. Just because the word is old doesn't mean it expired. If God gave you a word to help you grow, to help you develop, to help you in ministry, to help you in life, the word doesn't expire. Do what God said. Hold to the things that God says. And when new light comes, take your light and shine it on it. Because if you have darkness... If you have shadows, put the light on it and the shadows go. And all that's left is light. God has given you powerful tools. Be faithful with what he has given you. If Solomon had been faithful with what God spoke to him when he took over being king, if what God had spoken to him when he finished building the temple, he wouldn't have had those other problems in life. If David would have been faithful to the things God had said, he wouldn't have had some of the problems he had in life. Go back to the beginning. If Adam and Eve had been faithful with the one word they had from God, do not eat the tree. Do not eat of the tree. One word. One thing to be faithful with. If they had done so. Be faithful with what God has given you and don't let it go. Don't always be looking for a new word, a new light because whatever God has given you will work. I have so many ministers in my life who talk about light that God gave them early on in ministry and they are still operating under that light. God gave them a purpose and they're still operating for that purpose. No matter what happened in their life, no matter what circumstances came up, they still operated in that purpose those are the examples to follow would you all stand up with me Father I thank you for the light that you have given us you have poured light in all around there is some light that shines around us like the sun there is some light that is a lamp and lights our path like your word and there are some that comes from your spirit that is specific for our life to help us in what we face I thank you for these lights. I thank you that we can walk in these lights. I thank you that these lights will grow and become more powerful. And they will expose all the works of darkness. With every head bowed, if you're here, and you say, I have been walking in a light other than the word of God some of those examples that you read are things that I have thought that I have failed God that he doesn't have plans for me my future isn't bright any of those things you've walked out of the light of the word of God and you walked into the light of darkness thank God you can turn from that and you can go back into the right way. With every head bowed, no one looking around. If you're here today and you say, I did walk out from the light that I have, I don't mean that you became backslidden. I don't mean that you turned away from God. I mean another light came in and you believed it was from God and you began to follow after it and it began to change some of the ways that you were thinking. If that describes you here today. Raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you. just going to pray for you where you're at. Father God, you see the hands that were up here. I pray for each one of these persons raise their hand. That darkness had gotten into their life. But light chases away darkness instantly. I thank you for your light. That your light is powerful and nothing the enemy has in the way of darkness can cover up your light. Only we can. I thank you, Father, for the light of your word. This day and this week, I pray for these people that raise their hand. That more light would come into their life as they seek after you. They would remember the lights that you have already shed in their life. And they will maintain them. And they will let them give their glow into their life they will be a lamp to their feet a light to their path their way will be illuminated dangers and obstacles will vanish I thank you for it Father in the name of Jesus we pray Amen Sister Marguerite
1: Well, good morning, everyone. Um, just a few minutes here uh, just to give you some praise reports that we have. just want to say um, it's so good to see each and every one of you here, some that may be visiting for the first time. Um, we hope you'll come again. And um, we also want to say uh, give a shout-out to those that are watching by way of Facebook. Um, we thank God for each and every one of you. Um you. I'd like to share with you uh, some praise reports and before I do that I just want to say that um, the illustrations about the light that we saw today I'm just it just illuminated a lot of things in my life that um, makes it so easy to see what we need to do to uh follow hard after God's word so I was really encouraged by that and Uh, Like uh, the pastor said, you can go up to Facebook and um, just uh, go over some of the things that we've heard today because it's a lot to take in. But we can go back and just um, hear what we heard today and let it encourage us. Uh, A praise report we have from uh, Brother Lothar, who has been uh, battling some things in his body. And we're so, so pleased to see you this morning um, he gives a praise report. He says um, he thanks God for the healing that He's, uh, that God has provided for him since he came home from the hospital, uh, that um, his rehab and mobility is still uh, somewhat um, compromised. But other than that, um, he's under excellent care, and he thanks the Lord Jesus. So we're so happy to see you here. Okay, all right, so uh, we're going to lay hands on him right now? No, after we finish? Okay, all right. Um, and Brother Victor is saying that um, he mentions a message that we heard uh, on Sunrise Sunday about uh, stuck to be unstuck. And he tells, uh, there was a story told about a, a turtle that was stuck in his neighborhood and um, how he was able to be rescued by someone. And he said it was God speaking to him and confirming his word uh with a sign that he was stuck in his imagination uh uh concerning documentation. Um, he was given until uh June fifteenth to provide uh, certain uh requirements for his job, employer uh employee's number, and uh, God gave him what he needed in two weeks uh, to the deadline with a miraculous job in his department at Drexel University, and he just praises God for that. Um, Also, Brother Victor was saying that he was studying in John uh, 10 about the good shepherd and the hireling, and as he looked back through his life and he found that God has indeed been a good shepherd to him. And it turned the, the truth and the light that, um, has been revealed, uh, through our pastor has made his faith to enjoy, uh, tremendous victories every day. So he's just saying, and, uh, he's saying to Pastor Steve, thank you for giving to the Lord. And I think we all can share in that because we're just getting so much light that we can delve into and, um, can help us in our everyday life. Uh, the bacons, um, are saying that their daughter, uh, Lissy, had her first big academic milestone she graduated from kin- she 's graduated from kindergarten to first grade, and she had so much fun uh, celebrating that and her parents are saying that they're so blessed to have a church family that affirms our kids, and that is a blessing because we do uh, love our children and um, we thank God for them um we have an announcement um, about uh, an art night that we're having, and I believe that's on um, next week. Well, it's actually um, Friday, June 28th. We're going to have a family art night, and it's a lot of fun that uh, we can all share in and enjoy. So uh, the age is 10 and up. $10 in advance, and $12 at the door. Materials and snacks are provided. And this is something that we do to just um, enjoy the fellowship uh, one to another. Um, and there are a lot of good things in our bulletin that we hope you avail yourselves of. It's uh, things that we would enjoy seeing you all uh, just uh, enjoy and have fellowship with us in. So um, at this time, I guess we're going to uh, have prayer.